Thank you, Lord, that your love is always there for us and that your promises have set us free. We praise and call on your name again today. In your name, amen. The theme for today, it's not hang ten like a surfy, it's hang in there. Actually, I often hear this said when someone's going through their own personal trials, don't we? Just hang in there. There's a time for that, to, to provide comfort and support and encouragement, to remain resilient. Those words need to be shared personally, one-on-one. -on -one. But today, however, the idea of hanging in there is more outward-looking, more demanding of action, and perhaps more universal in its application. Let's hear what Paul writes to the churches of Galatia about this. And the Bible reading for today is from Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit on us now to open our ears and our hearts to hear what you want to say to us, that we might be reassured in your love for us in Jesus and that we might follow him with joy and hope. In Jesus' own precious name we pray. Amen. Well, the word resilience has become a bit of a buzzword in recent years, and doubly so during a time of COVID. Resilience, something that we need, and, and as we continue to address the challenges of COVID, whether they be emotional or social, financial, or even spiritual. Today I want to talk to you about how we might hang in there during the tough times of life. How we might continue to not just survive, but to thrive and to live well in even the most challenging of circumstances. Martin Luther once commented that he was going to have such a busy day that as a consequence, he needed to spend an extra hour in prayer in order to get it all done. Now just think about that for a minute. He was already spending an hour in prayer, and now he says, well, I've got to top that up. I've got to do two hours of prayer this morning because I'm so busy. Now what was his thinking with that? His thinking was, I've got all of this to do. I can only get it done with God's help. I can't do it on my own. So I need to tap into my power source. I need to find help from God. 
Now, I don't want you to fixate on the reference to one hour or two hours of prayer in the morning. That's not my point. Although if you, want, if you are able to do two hours of prayer, good on you. I want us to think about the attitude that's on display here. Because it's counterintuitive to our modern mindset, isn't it? In contrast to Luther, what do we usually do when we're having a really busy day? Well, what we tend to do is we start jettisoning all the non-essentials, don't we? All the things that we think are non-essentials. So we, we so very often go in the opposite direction of Luther. Luther says, I'm so busy, I've got to spend more time trusting in God and seeking his help. What do we do? We say, oh, we mightn't say it out loud, we mightn't admit it to ourselves, but our actions show, we say, well, I'm so busy today, I don't have time for prayer today. Or is that just me? Or I'm so busy right now, well, I think I'll skip church this week. Maybe next week too. I can't fit it in. Now, I don't want to send you on a guilt trip in regard to your worship patterns. That's not what I'm on about here. I'm simply making the point that maybe we aren't being too smart about our choices and how we deal with all the stresses of life. If we think about it more deeply, we'll see that we're doing ourselves a major disservice if we neglect our spiritual lives because we're so busy. Now, what would you think of a motorist who had a really, really important business meeting to attend? Maybe the next slide on that. And he was so behind schedule, he says, look, I, I just don't have time to stop at the Bowser and get some petrol. It's going to take up too much time. What do you think about such a decision? And what would you say to that motorist when you saw him later on stranded at the side of the road where he'd run out of petrol and completely missed his meeting? What would you say to him? And what would you say when that motorist is you? The bottom line is if you're too busy to spend time in prayer and to listen to God as he speaks to you in his word, if you're too busy to do that, then you are precisely that, too busy. And if you're too busy to come to worship, then indeed you are too busy. And if you're too busy to take care of your spiritual life, then you are way, way too busy. And things need to change.
Abraham Lincoln was once asked what he would do if he had several hours worth of wood to chop. Well, he wisely responded, I'd spend the first hour sharpening my axe. Think about that. The first hour sharpening my axe. When we look after our spiritual health, when we spend time in prayer, when we read the scriptures, when we come to worship, we are sharpening our spiritual axes. Sometimes I get the sense that uh, people come to church with an attitude that Maybe I'm doing God a favour here. Maybe if I come to church and I I sing really loud with the praise songs and and I do all those religious things, then that will pump up God's ego and then that will enable God to be busy about that important God stuff he has to do in the coming week. Well, that's patently absurd. We're not doing God any favours by coming to worship. We're doing ourselves a favour. We're not coming here just out of obligation or habit or because we want to please Grandma. We come to worship because we need to. Because we need to. We come so that we might get our spiritual batteries recharged. We come to worship so that our spiritual axes might be sharpened by God. We come to experience God serving us and renewing us and re-energizing us spiritually. That's fantastic. We come... Because life knocks us around. And we come to have our our caps filled. We come because we are are weary and tired and hurting and needy. And so we come before God that he might renew us, that he might comfort us, that he might heal us. We come to tap into God's love for us to know his help and forgiveness. That's why we're here. We come so that we might be renewed and re-energised by God's love. We come so that God might reassure us and bless us so that we might face our troubles with hope with determination and confidence. We come so that God might restore us to himself and make us whole again in his peace. Well, that's it, folks. That's why we're here. Because this is where we find the love and hope and peace that we need. 
We won't find it anywhere else. And this love and hope and peace, well, that's what our resilience is built on. We get to hang in there because we know that God loves us and that's the most important truth to build our life on. We can hang in there because God is faithful. And if you ever doubt that, look at him hanging on the cross for you. What he's prepared to do for you. And so by trusting in our Saviour Jesus, the one who loves us so much that he was willing to die for us, do anything for us, out of that we regain a sense of hope. No matter what circumstances we're in. In the darkest moments of life there is hope. Because Jesus, the light of the world, is with us. We can regain a sense of hope no matter how busy we are. We can hang in there because God gives us his peace. The peace, the scripture says, passes all understanding. In other words, we human beings can't kind of comprehend it, but we experience it and know it's real. And the peace of God, friends, well, it's a sanctuary. In the midst of all the challenges and difficulties of life, in the midst of the wildest of storms we have to face, we know that no matter what happens, God is with us, that he loves us. And no matter how much we get tossed about by the waves, we know God will be there for us and he will never let us down. Whatever. Let me conclude by sharing with you the following prayer for resilience. Thinking about what will help us to hang in there. Prayer for resilience. Lord, warm my heart, renew my mind, use my hands and shape my life. Now, that prayer is also included in the congregation's website. You might like to look at it a little bit later. And some more comments about that. Let's just unpack that a little bit. Lord, warm my heart, renew my mind, use my hands and shape my life. Well, Lord, renew my mind. Sorry, got ahead of myself. Warm my heart. Lord, warm my heart. For the honest truth is that so often my heart is cold and hard. See, resilience comes first by turning to God in repentance and faith. It's actually a heart issue. Resilience is about, first and foremost, turning to God in repentance and faith, seeking his help, seeking his renewal. And so we pray, Lord, warm my heart. Bring me back to you. Because when I'm close to you, Lord, I know that I will get through this. I can face anything. Then we pray, Lord, renew my mind. How, how often 
Do our thoughts and attitudes and priority trip us up? Are the very things that make our life more difficult because they're out of whack. And so we Lord, say to the Lord, Lord, help me to see things your way and to live life your way because that's always the best way. Lord, renew my mind and keep me on the right path because so often I stray. So often we stray. Lord, use my hands. Use my hands in your service so that I might be a blessing to the people around me. We pray, Lord, help me to realise that when I shift the focus off my wants and my needs and my aspirations and seeking my plans and my advantage, when we shift the focus off of all that, it frees us to find meaning and fulfilment in all our interactions and relationships with other people. And so we, Lord, we pray, Lord, as your child, let me live that way as I act in your name. And finally we pray, Lord, shape my life. Lord, shape my life. Help me to live out my identity as your beloved and forgiven child. That's who I am. I live by the love and forgiveness of God. May your saving gospel fill me to the brim with your love and hope and peace. Fill me so much that it starts to overflow from my life and onto the people around me. Let me overflow with love and hope and peace. And may that be true, especially with my loved ones. And the people, Lord, that you've placed in my life to befriend and care for. So that those people may encounter you, Lord, in me. Let that thought sink in. Lord, that other people may encounter God's love and hope and peace through me, and through that, be drawn closer to you, Lord. And so we pray, yes, please, Lord, do that. And help me to want that and to seek that, to be proactive about that. to God's glory, to our joy, for the spread of God's kingdom. Amen.